welcome to this week's episode of Free Circle Freedoms. This week, we climb back into Visualized American Government 1964 edition. We're going to be speaking on the topic, Acceptance of Doctrine of Implied Powers, specifically McCullough versus Maryland. Let's get into this episode of Free Circle Freedoms. Marshall had already thrown the weight of the Supreme Court directly behind the theory of implied powers. Immediately following the adoption of the Constitution, a conflict had developed between those persons, Jeffersonians, who sought to preserve the prerogative of the states and the rights of the individuals, and an opposing group, Hamiltonians, who were anxious to extend the federal power. The state's rights champions argued for strict construction of the fundamental law in order to confine the authority of the national government to specific powers enumerated by the Constitution. The advocates of a stronger national government supported the idea of liberal interpretation. They invoked the so-called Elastic Clause, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 18, in order to justify the assumption of powers not specifically delegated by the Constitution, but which could be considered necessary and proper for carrying into execution the powers so enumerated. The fundamental question of constitutional interpretation came before the Supreme Court in the celebrated case of McCullough v. Maryland, 1819. In 1816, Congress had chartered the Second United States Bank This was a private institution organized for profit, but the government subscribed to part of the capital stock and employed the bank as its fiscal agent. Branches of the bank were opened in several cities, one of which was Baltimore. In 1818, Maryland placed a tax on all banks within the state which had not been chartered by the state legislator. Tennessee, Georgia, and other states followed Maryland's example. The ill-concealed hostility of state banking interests towards the United States Bank was evidently threatening the letter's existence. The bank, therefore, brought suit to test the constitutionality of the Maryland tax law. More weighty issues, however, than the existence of branches of the bank were at stake issues of strict construction of the Constitution or acceptance of the doctrine of implied powers 
of the state sovereignty or national supremacy. The first question was, did Congress have the power to incorporate a bank? Speaking for a unanimous court, Marshall upheld and elaborated upon the Hamiltonian doctrine of implied powers. He argued that although authority to incorporate a bank was among the enumerated powers of government, its establishment could be considered necessary and proper for carrying into execution those great powers upon which the welfare of a nation essentially depends. A national bank was a proper instrument to enable Congress to lay and collect taxes, to borrow money, to regulate commerce, to declare and conduct a war, and to raise and support armies. The second question was, did the state of Maryland have the legal right to tax a branch of the bank? The power to tax, warned Marshall, involves the power to destroy. If the states were to be allowed to tax one instrument of the government, the bank, then they might tax the mint, or the mail, or the customs house, and in the end defeat the purposes of government. Today, constitutional lawyers consider this a rather weak legal argument. In 1819, however, the federal government had not attained the power, prestige, and the stability that it enjoys today, and the possibility of destroying its agencies by state action did not seem as remote or far-fetched as it does to us now today. Boldly bringing the issue of state sovereignty out into the open, the Chief Justice declared, the question is, in truth, a question of supremacy. And to that, Marshall had only one answer, that the Constitution and the laws made in pursuance thereof are supreme, that they control. The Constitutions and laws of the respective states and cannot be controlled by them. And that's going to be a wrap for this week's episode of Free Circle Freedoms. I sure hope you enjoyed this read. If you did, please share, like, and subscribe to the podcast. And join us next week when we dive back into Visualized American Government 1964 edition. We discuss the significance of the contest between national supremacy and the state's rights. Also, we discuss expansion of federal authority in the economic field.
Be sure to join us next week. It's going to be exciting. Enjoy your week. I'm Ed Waters, your host. Out.